0: Taylor, that was a beautiful song, wasn't it? Yes. We have some sick people today. Let's pray for them and ask the Lord to heal them and bring them back to us. Uh, one thing: uh, the general meeting that uh, we are supposed to have on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, has been postponed one week. One week. It's the eleventh instead of the fourth. So. Mark your calendars. It's the 11th. We need to be here, all of us, so to hear a report about the church and the progress that we are having. This morning, we have uh, not, I, would, I don't like to say a guest. We have uh, Emilio and his wife Maria with us, and uh, Dean introduced them, but that was not enough for me. I told Emilio I'm going to embarrass him. Uh, uh, Emilio has been one of this church behind the scenes. He and, he and Gabe, you heard about that. They have secured and helped us to secure this building. When we needed money, they came up with it. And they did not loan us the money. I want to tell you something. They gave the money to the church. If I tell you the amount... I don't want you to fall, uh, you know, down on the floor. The amount was big. But we leave it between them and God. And uh, they have done a tremendous job to secure it for us. So we uh, say thank you. And it's not enough thanks. Thank you, Emilio. Emilio. Well, I, I just want to let them see you and know you, who is Emilio, when we pray for you and pray for his son Gabe. Gabe was coming today, and uh, we uh, and uh, his wife also. But thank God, Maria and Emilio are representing them, right? Maria, okay. And uh, I uh, want to say something. Now you know the face, and <laughs> behind 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 the deeds, and uh, I tell you one thing. Uh, When I first met him at the old church, I uh, was impressed by his immediate care. And when we left the first time I met him, I'm trying to hold tears in my eyes. He said, we are going to see that you get your
1: church. Am I right? Correct me if I Uh, am You're you're correct. You're correct. But uh, you shouldn't embarrass me. (laughs) You know, uh, I find myself here. uh, He promised me he would not going to do this, <laughs> okay? I want you to know, but he did it. I and, said, I'm uh, going to embarrass him. That's no, all. it's uh, it's very nice words, and, uh, you know, um, actually, I appreciate what you have said. It still embarrasses me. And, uh, and the other surprise is that now he asked me to stand here and say a few words, so I was just, uh, so, uh, but uh, the first surprise, as I said, was that he's embarrassed me, although he promised me not to, a second, that okay. now I, I find forgot about this one all right, it's, it's my time to speak. Okay. <laughs> the, the second embarrassment is really, it's just that I find myself here trying to articulate some words that make or actually some sense. So if I fumbled through it, believe me, I was not ready to address this magnificent congress that we have here. But what was not surprised to me was when I walked into the space and I finally saw what, uh, for us, at least for us for a long time, me and uh, Ed, uh, Ed and Bill, there were nothing but drawings on a piece of paper. And uh, we saw how well they were supposed to really work. But uh, I'm an architect, and I basically do this, or did for a living, I still do. But you never really know whether you fail in what you did or you really succeeded until you saw how it was habitated, and how it worked, the synergy. And it was such a refreshing and rewarding for me and my wife to come in here and see the sensational family and the purpose of this mission. This, regarding the fact that he had said so many nice things about me and my family, this was a mission that was really not put together by, this was put together by a bigger power than really than the four of us. Our life crossed for a reason that was really organized by somebody else, that we all know what somebody else is. And it became it became really a mission. It was not an easy task. And we only play a small part. The the biggest part it was became a mission with Ed, Bill and so many others that perhaps I never met but were behind all of this to make sure that this took place. And uh, we were very fortunate that we were guided through the right direction and all the things happened. And when it needed to happen, and the rest is that here I am making a fool out of myself. Okay. <laughs> so for that, I thank you for giving us the opportunities, and we wish you the best. And we hope that many more times when I'm here, because I do not live in this area, I will come. But I will not tell him, and I will <laughs> <laughs> because I don't want... I don't want this to repeat itself. Thank you very much. For, thank you very much.
0: Great family. We thank you very much. And yes, they worked hard and we worked hard. But you know, the glory goes to the Lord Jesus Christ he, he gets the glory we don't get it and uh, back to the meeting uh, yesterday was a great day and uh, Sylvia mentioned the church of Laodicea who remembers it was only yesterday Who remember? it was only yesterday come on <laughs> alright okay we have uh, 60% remembering maybe more Next Sunday we will have 20 percent remember. That. That's a human nature, but uh, let's open our Bibles to uh, the uh, revelation. She spoke about that, and I want to bring a few thoughts on this. Chapter three, verse 14. Chapter three, verse fourteen. Revelations three fourteen. And to the angel of that church in Laodicea, write. The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this: I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I would that you were cold or hot. So because you are are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. And you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire that you may become rich, and white garments, that you may clothe yourself, and that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed, and I solve to anoint your eyes that you may see. Those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. May God bless his word. In the text that we read this morning, still morning, we see one of the most beautiful pictures of Jesus Christ in our Bible. And this verse has always been used in evangelistic sermons by many preachers since this book was written, because it describes our Jesus Christ taking the initiative to meet undeserving needy sinners. Instead of people seeking God, we see him seeking people. Instead, people wanting God in their midst. We see Him outside the church standing at the door. And God in His standing there still expects people and waits for them to come to His presence and take Him as Savior. He searches for people. Like a shepherd searching for a lost sheep. That's our God. And these words that we read. Regardless. There is a dispensational meaning for this. And we know that we are living. In the last days as we heard yesterday. And we know. Today there is. The apostate church is all over the world. And we know very well. That. The church of Philadelphia is still living and existing. And thank God for the, the brotherly love of this church. And we hope that we exercise this love toward each and everyone. And Jesus tells us also that he is not happy and satisfied to be a spectator at all. He is a God who seeks man and as we heard also, he delights to be with man. This is why the Bible says, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which was lost. And we thank God. If Jesus found you, congratulations. And if you, have, you are his child and you are sure that you are his child, I tell you one thing. This is the greatest feeling you can ever feel about. I have three words to bring you today. I don't want to keep you for long, but uh, I want to take this verse that says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. And I hope that I will have attentive ears and attentive hearts especially those who did make, not yet make their peace with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The first word I would like to share with you. Jesus stands at the door wanting to come in to restore your faith and give you joy. To restore your faith and give you a joy. The citizens of Laodicea needed restoration. Their faith grew cold. Even worse, they grew lukewarm. They lived in pretense, not caring that Christ was standing at the door outside. They were blinded to their awful condition and lack of love toward the things of Christ that compelled the Lord Jesus to tell them that they are wretched He told them, as we read, they are miserable, they are poor, they are blind, and they are naked. What a description of a situation, of the church situation. And do you see with me today, in general, that is the situation of the church in the world today. We are blinded. They put on a facade that they have everything. Everything. They were so satisfied with themselves. They were not looking uh, outside or looking at Christ Himself. They are looking at themselves. They say, "We have everything, are and are in need of nothing." You know, the most dangerous place you can reach in life. And when you reach a place and you say, "I need nobody. I have everything. I am satisfied. I don't need anybody to help me," that was a dangerous situation. They were. Happy with their wealth. They are happy with their nakedness. They they didn't see it. With their blindness that they didn't see. And they were so satisfied with that condition. But the Lord addresses them. The Lord addresses them with the following. I know your deeds. It's not by deeds only. It's show me your faith. Show me. That you still believe in me. How come? If you're proud of your deeds. That I'm outside the church. And the church is empty. A church without Jesus Christ is an empty church. If we're meeting here. Without Jesus Christ in our midst. Let me tell you one thing. And that's final. Let me tell you. will be a meeting. A town meeting. But if Jesus is in our midst. And he is. The one we are meeting around him, then it is a meeting worthy to attend, and it's an honor for us because Jesus Christ is attending. He knew them inside out, and so many people. So many times we think God, no one sees me. Okay, I'm I'm having a good suit. I am I am very respectful to people. I'm amiable. Uh, I am. uh, I, I, I live a good life, a pure life, and but within, within, no one knows my heart. Within, it's between me and myself. Forgetting that God sees everything, we cannot hide from God at all. This is why He says, "I know you very well." He sees on the inside. Regardless of how we pretend to be on the outside. Don't you agree with me? We cannot hide from God. He sees the heart. He knows our make. He created us. He knows even our inner thoughts. For the Bible clearly says in the book of Hebrews 4.13. And there is no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open in the eyes of him. With whom we must give account. They were living their own life. They they were just going along. And today the church in general. All over the world. The church has gone far away from the Lord Jesus Christ. We are in the last days. Before his coming. And the church today. Today. In general, thank God for the churches that are still honoring the Lord Jesus Christ. And let me tell you, this church, I hope everybody was here today, we will continue honoring the Lord Jesus Christ until we meet him in the air. We are not going to change. We are not going to accommodate others and leave our beliefs and Compromise what we stand for to win people and supporters. We will only stand for the Lord Jesus Christ and his teaching. Remember that and we will not change. The church members in Laodicea were miserable and blind, arrogant and far from the truth. You know what happened? They lost the intimate relationship with Jesus And with losing that intimacy with the Lord Jesus, joy went out of their lives completely. And they lost the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Isn't that the condition of the church today? Think about it. Lukewarm. You know, neither hot nor cold. Lukewarm. Can you describe lukewarm? Can you drink lukewarm coffee? Maybe one or two like lukewarm coffee. Unless it's hot, I can't drink it. If you drink coffee. Lukewarm Coke. Lukewarm water. You know what I'm talking about? Lukewarm is not. Either you drink something hot for hot or cold. And he says, you are lukewarm. You don't get excited about me. I'm in your midst. And you didn't get excited. I loved you. You did not reciprocate my love. I'm the one who died for you and was crucified on the cross of Calvary. And you came, you sang a few hymns, and then you said, well, it was a good message. Thank you and goodbye. That's lukewarmness. You know, becoming hot for Jesus Christ is to be revived for Him. is to carry His cross every day and follow Him. This is when we become hot for Jesus Christ. We should not become hot for anything in the world and before getting hot for the Lord Jesus Christ. So, say, throw away your lukewarmness. You know, this is the condition. We have interest in many things. They had interest in many other things. And, you know, I say we because I want to put ours in general. In general, we run... To do many other things. We have interest in many other things. We uh, run to attend festivals. Uh, if you have two tickets to go and attend a performance, you do everything, your utmost to be there, right? But if you have to come to church, sometimes it's very difficult to get up and come to church. You'd like to go, uh, to, go to a concert and you buy tickets two months ahead to go to a concert. I wish we planned ahead to come to church. And say, this is a day that the Lord has made for us. I'm going to be there and enjoy the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. May God take away any lukewarm heart from us. And light the fire under, under us. And let's go for Jesus Christ. Bill MacDonald writes in this, he says, We have become more emotionally stirred over sports, politics, and other events than we do over Christ. There is little sense of spiritual need, little longing for true revival. Nothing can replace Christ, I tell you, who is and will always be the life of every believer in any given church. I say this, the church is in disarray today, that in its efforts to please the world, has lost Christ. Where is Christ? Where is he? What we read here, standing where, outside, standing outside. And I say, this morning, Laodicea. You know what's the meaning of Laodicea? They were happy. They were the people's choice. The people's choice. That that church a pleasing to anyone who comes. Into their doors. Are we to please people. Or to please God first. Let us. Let us ask God. To take charge of our lives. So first we please him. Then we try to win people. For the Lord Jesus Christ. Not to please them. To win them. There were a church. That where I said that they made people feel good. And we'd like. To make people feel good. I'd like you to feel good. But feel good with Jesus Christ first. They bartered their souls. For fame. And for comfort. And said. And Jesus told them. I have no place anymore in you. And they said yes. We can part. And they parted. And the church in general today. Parted with the Lord Jesus Christ. Parted with the one who died. On the cross for it. May the Lord exercise our hearts to know very well the price that was paid was the life of the Lord Jesus Christ for your salvation and I. And may he be always the head of the church. The head of the church. We don't want him anywhere else. And the captain of our lives. Amen. We need today a complete restoration. And return to God. The call is for us to acknowledge Him as our only God, the true and living God, to repent and ask the Savior, oh, the church, to come back to restore the joy of our salvation. He is the God of love and restoration and forgiveness who is able to renew our faith. And give us strength for this journey. And you know his call of all still today. he He told them in Malachi in the book return to me. He's standing at the door and I will return to you says the Lord of hosts. That's what he needs. He needs us to return. The second word he's at the door outside wanting To dispel doubts and confusion and revive his church. There is fear today and confusion in all over the world. I think you agree with me. Dangerous wars and terror are in many places. Our society is affected and doubts and fear creeps in to disturb our peace and tranquility. News is not encouraging. As we get it from all over the world, let alone the natural disasters that we have seen lately and we have witnessed all over. We stand stand at times perplexed at the intensity of evil around us and feel that we can't cope with so much that seems wrong and frightening in the world today. And we ask, to whom shall we go? Who do we call? Who is there to help? May I, may I call your attention. There is one who can help you. There is the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no one. He is the brother. He is the father. He is the friend. He is the God of all situations. And all experiences. So why don't we call on him. And he will help. This is why. He did not leave completely. He stood at the door. He didn't go far away, he didn't say, well, I'll leave you, because he didn't come this way, he didn't come to leave you in your agony, in your distress, in your confusion, in your fears, and in your doubts, he didn't come, he didn't go far away, he says, okay, I wash my hands from them, no, he stood at the door, and he's still knocking on the door, he said, I want, I want to dispel your doubts, your fears. I don't want to dispel your 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 uh, anything from your life that is bothering you. But give me a chance. I'm knocking. You know one thing that tells me when I was looking at this, the doorknob is not on the outside. Otherwise, he would have crashed and came in because he loves us so much. It's on the inside. So extend your hand. I'm speaking to young people. I'm speaking to everyone who doesn't have Christ in in your in your life so far as as a As a king, as a savior. Okay, extend your hand. Stretch your hand. Open that door and say, Jesus Christ, come into my life. And he will dispel everything. He will change your life. And you know what? Until you open that door, he cannot get in. Though he is God Almighty, he will not get in because he has never forced himself on any person. On any person to take Jesus Christ as your Savior, to accept Him, you have to open the door. It's a choice that you have to make. May God help us to have faith in Him. That He can dispel every doubt. He can take every problem. He can change every situation. And He can make me a new person according to His own will and His own desire. Have faith. And you know when I read a a little quote that says, Faith is dead to doubt, dumb to discouragement. Blind to impossibilities. And knows nothing but success in God. May God give us this faith. That as soon as we open this door. He can come in. Let me repeat that. This is a quote that I thought. Faith is dead to doubt. Dumb to discouragement. Blind to impossibilities. And knows nothing but success in God. And this is what is awaiting for you. When you, when you reach that door doorknob And open the door. And you go in. And guess what? Nothing but success with Jesus Christ. If you've been so disappointed in life. If you have been walked on by people. Say I'm a good hearted person. If people took advantage of you. If you have experienced some really failures in life, I tell you one thing. With Jesus, there is no failure. With Jesus, there is great success in taking Jesus as your Savior in God. And have faith, and faith dispels every doubt. Oh, when we renew our fellowship with Him, when you, we let Him come in and give Him the right place in your lives, then revival will come. You will walk differently. You will say good morning differently. You will look different. You know when I first got saved. And I went to the office. And I, I was smiling. Hey, you are so smiling. You are different today. I said yes. God last night changed my life. They asked me how. And I told them. That Jesus came into my life. I am a different man. And it has been Over 50 years that I'm a different man. I keep saying that. I want to encourage you. Once with Jesus, you're forever with Jesus. And you will never lose that relationship. Once you give Him. And many people think, well, oh, wow. How boring. How boring to be with Jesus. You mean you you are going to... You you cannot party anymore. You cannot do this anymore. You know, I don't know what they do, the young people nowadays. They do many things. You cannot do this and that. I tell you, it's better not to do this and that because you will be disappointed in life. So what do we do? Open the door. Say, Jesus Christ, I let you in. I let you in. Vince Havner, one of, Lorraine loves him very much, Vince Havner, once wrote, revival in the lives is nothing less, listen to this, nothing less than a new beginning of obedience to God. You want your life to be revived? You want to walk with a head high? You want to be a young man who says, hey, I'm 15, 16, 17, or 20, or anyone. You want, you want to walk with assurance that the future is yours. Success with God is yours. Let me tell you one thing. It starts the very first beginning. Obedience to God. Obedience to His Word. We obey teachers at school. We obey our parents. Yes? Young people, we obey our parents. Amen. Okay, we obey our parents. And life, the secret, secret of a successful life is obedience, is obedience. Now, let's take this obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, some of the teenagers are are smiling. Amen. Okay, you are agreeing with me? Okay, thank you. Very good. Uh, Let us be in obedience to Jesus Christ. That's how life. That's what he says. Nothing less than a new beginning of obedience to God. A breaking of heart and getting down in the dust before him with deep humility and forsaking our sin. A revival breaks the power of the world and of sin over Christians. Then, my question, will you open the door? My last word. He's standing at the door still. He wants to come in and change your life completely. The church in Laodicea needed a change in heart. A revolution from within. It needed in one simple thing. Word. Get the love of the world out. And open the door and let Jesus in. Isn't is that difficult? Is that good English? Huh? Get the world out. And get, let Jesus come in. Let Jesus take control of your life. Let him rule them as Lord and Savior. People treat Jesus as a member of the church in a casual way. And not as Lord and Savior. It's time to treat the Lord Jesus Christ as God incarnated into a form of a man. He is here with us. Let's give him respect and let's crown him Lord of our lives. One of a great theologians, Dr. A.T. Robertson, said that the Lordship of Christ is the touchstone of our faith. So is he Lord of your life? And Dr. G. Campbell Morgan, which many of you heard about him, has called it the central verity of the church. He's the anchor of our church. And the question now is this, do you want Jesus to change you? Do you want him outside or inside your life? There is no in between. There is no neutrality. You know a neutral man gets shot from both sides. Sitting on the fence, you get shot from both sides, right? You are a lawyer, you know. Okay. (laughs) And I win. You can't. You can't be neutral. Oh, well, don't get me into this. Well, let me tell you one thing. I want to be into this. Do you want God to change your life? Yes or no? Do you want Him to be the central point in your life? Do you want Him to be the changing factor in your life? Do you want Him to be the Lord of your life, your Savior? Come to Him this morning. He told the church in Laodicea. Let me tell you one thing. I have something I want to sell you. In fact, I have something I want to give you. I want to give you first. This is what what you need. Church, this is what you need. One, you need to buy gold refined with fire. In other words, you have to have a divine righteousness. You have to call me so my righteousness will be be upon you, in other words I will make you to be right people and the second one he says you need white garments, so my righteousness will cover you so my righteousness what is righteousness being right with God he was telling them, you need to be right with me it's not uh, uh, this is the interpretation, don't go any further And you need, eyesolve for your eyes, you you need some ointment for your eyes. You need the Holy Spirit to open your eyes. Instead of saying, well, I don't understand. Okay, that's what he says. May the Holy Spirit open our eyes. The eyes of our hearts. So, Lord, we want to be right with you. I want you to bless me with your righteousness. And then, I will be a child of God. He said, church, Laodicea, you want to be right? This is what you need to do. And meanwhile, while I'll give you this, I'm standing at the door. Do you want to be right? Do you want really to honor God in your life? Do we want to be a church on fire for the Lord? That's what we need to do. Keep Jesus inside the church. And then take him, ourselves, outside to tell the world what he has done for us and with us. Are you willing to open that door? Are you willing to stretch your hand, young man, young woman, anyone here, to stretch your hand and say, I open the door for you, Jesus Christ. Come into my life. Let's bow our heads for prayers. If this is what you need, if this is, you know that you need the Lord to interfere in your life, you have to take the initial step, Nothing. the initial step, You don't have to wait. Tomorrow might be too late. And tell Jesus, I take you as Lord and my Savior. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed, say this prayer, Lord Jesus, yes, you are standing at the door of my heart. I opened my heart for you. Come into my life. Change me and give me that beautiful life, that successful life to live with you, and to honor you. And let me tell you one thing. You'll be successful at home, at church, at school, at work, anywhere you go. When Jesus is with you, you will go without fear, and you will go with success. Our Father, we pray that you open the doors of many hearts this morning. Help us to honor you in our lives. And if someone is praying, Lord, I open the door of my heart to you. May you enter in. Occupy that heart. Change that life. And give them true success in their life. We thank you for the opportunity of sharing your word amongst us. May you bless each and every family and those who are not with us this morning. Rather, this afternoon, I pray that you visit with them, heal them, and bring them back to us safely. We pray a special prayer for Gabe and his family, that you heal them and bring them back to their jobs and schools in good health. We pray that you dismiss us with your blessing. In his wonderful name we ask and pray. Amen.